I have a friend of work and I think this was like two or three weeks ago. I accidentally, instead of playing her voice message, I played mine and it's like, Oh my God, I speak like this. And also because I told you I work for the cryptocurrency industry. So I was discussing something really serious about cryptocurrency. It's like, who the f would believe this is not a scam? I sound like a scam talking about cryptocurrencies. Welcome to Comedy with an Accent podcast. I'm your Taiwanese comedian, Quan Wen. I interview comedians who perform English stand-up comedy but who are not native English speakers or they can have a very distinct British regional accent. This podcast is all about comedy, about accent, about languages, and about the comedy technique. So stay tuned if you're interested. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Comedy with an Accent podcast. I have the honor to invite today the newly crowned LGBTQ plus new comedian of the year in the UK 2022, Victoria Osina. Welcome. Thank you, Gwen. Thank you for... <laughs> so you can already notice the difference in energy. I'm super hyper. I'm like a puppy on heat. And you have this, <laughs> this deep fridge, the freezer. Actually, when I was thinking how to introduce you, thought about you winning the competition, which was just about two, three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, yeah. So you can claim until the next one is produced, you're the funniest gay comedian on the circuit. Yeah, I say that a lot. You say that a lot, but you have to remember that's below professional level, right? Because you're the new comedian, not like the overall. I know that. <laughs> I know that, but people don't have to know it. Exactly. Who knows it's all about that? You, you and me. I was the MC when Victoria did the first round heat. And I was like, wow, this comic is confident. I want to see her go until the very end. But I was meant to MC the final. Guess what happened? I had COVID. <laughs> so you can't always play in life. When I was going through how to introduce you, so I had in mind I'm going to talk about the LGBTQ plus new comedian of the year. And I was about to say you're the newly minted new comedian of the year and i start to doubt myself is that the correct english expression Just like an thing? nft i was minted minted no at minted will be the actual physical yeah, point, I know. right? yeah but then i thought i remember vaguely somewhere in my brain i've heard of that that someone is newly minted but then i also remember minted seems to suggest someone who's like really rich in a negative way like he's minted so i actually had to go on a diction like not dictionary there's no dictionary around me i had to go on internet to double check so you but you are you're newly crowned Annually minted LGBTQ plus new comedian of the year. Victoria, you're the second Spanish speaker on the podcast so far. But when I tried to greet you the other day with the Spanish I learned from my very first Spanish speaking guest, Isa, and I say, que te cuentas? And just you let me come and say, we don't say that in Argentina, which is Victoria is from Argentina. Exactly. What do you say? Uh, que onda? Como estas? Is it you throughout Latin America or is it just Argentina? Well, Latin America is, is big. I know, I know. I'm not, a, I'm not ignoring There is a Latin billion America. people. <laughs> there is a billion people uh, spread across a continent, a whole continent. I mean, the people in the U.S. call themselves America and it's like, Oh, the grievance, the grievance. And we always know it's not accurate, but if you don't call people from the United States American, what is the alternative way of calling them? I don't know. They have to invent their own thing. <laughs> we say in Spanish, we say Estadounidense, United Stater. We don't say American. It doesn't click right. You call someone United Stater. Well, like... America <laughs> <laughs> is a continent that is split into three. 
you could call them North Americans if you want to. You but can't that, because Canadians are also. Oh, what North about Mexicans that are also North Americans? Well, see, the problem is technically North and South America are terms to be defined purely geographically, right? Yeah. But human brain doesn't always function、yeah. in a scientific way, so human brain takes shortcuts. So I think for a very long time, people just associate. South America with Latin America. Exactly. When I think of Mexico, they wouldn't think they are. They would just think that they are not rich enough to be. Yeah. No. No. But you are right that people confuse geography with culture. So Latin American is a cultural concept. Yeah. If you are Mexican, you live in North America, and you're Latin American. So are people from Belize Latin Sen- American?、Uh, yeah. Are they? But、yeah. they do they speak Spanish? Yeah. I thought they were English colony. No, Belize doesn't. Belize speaks Spanish. There are many islands like Jamaica, Trinidad, Saint Lucia. Belize is a little strip on the Central American strip. It's not an island, though. Are you confusing what I pronounce as a different thing? Would you like to Google it? Okay, so there are seven countries in the little Central American bit, right? Yeah. Like Guatemala, Honduras, Panama, and one of them used to be an English colony. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But do they speak Spanish these days? I'm sure.、Uh, now you're making me doubt myself. <laughs> I think the people in Belize speak in Spanish, but how would I know if I don't have a computer or a phone next to me? What about people on the Falkland Islands? They don't speak. <laughs> they don't speak Spanish, unfortunately. I think they take pride in not speaking Spanish. I'm sorry, it's not ten minutes, and I have to bring this up because you're from Argentina. I, I don't know why people in the Falkland Islands take pride of anything. They live in the worst part of Argentina. It's always raining. Probably food is shit, and probably they're ugly, like everyone in Britain. You、and、just say that they, they take... live in the worst part of Argentina. I don't believe people who live on Falkland and think they live in Argentina. Well, if you check them up, if you check them up. You will see. Let's get the name correct. Okay, in your version, their name is not Falkland. How do you say that in Spanish? Malvinas. Malvinas. Also, do you know the amount of abuse and trolls we're going to get? Because I have just said. <laughs> well,、uh, I have just stated a, a geographical、uh, truth. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. I. This is. These are my belief. Trolls from the internet. <laughs> no, you will never get. To the bottom of this, there will always be fiercely debated、yeah. discussion. And what's most interesting is that pedophile from the royal family was even involved in this. You know that his public profile, Prince Andrew, was enhanced because of Volkmore. Yeah, yeah. That's why he cannot sweat. You see, Argentinian owed the young girls an apology because he was able to sexually harass those young girls because Argentina enhanced his profile. See, did you see the connection? It's like a ripple effect, butterfly effect. <laughs> Oh, so、like, now we're responsible. <laughs> I just made Victoria gasp for a second, unable to speak. So, Victoria, do you think you have an accent when you speak English? Sometimes. Sometimes I think you change your answers because、um, I was running the night of the same name comedy with an accent, and you were on my very first edition on May twenty eighth. I remember when I asked you. I don't know whether you were joking, but you casually mentioned that. Oh, you are looking for performer with accents. I guess I don't qualify then. 
And I thought, Victoria, I don't know you well, so I'm not going to say this in your face. But of all my guests, you're probably one of the most eligible, the one I'm most comfortable asking because your accent was quite palpable. I mean, I have no problem understanding you, but you definitely have an accent. I know. Sometimes I listen to my messages in English. I have a friend of work, and I think this was like two or three weeks ago. I accidentally, instead of playing her voice message, I played mine, and it's like, Oh my God, I speak like this. And also because I told you I work for the cryptocurrency industry. So I was discussing something really serious about cryptocurrency. It's like, who the f would believe this is not a scam? I sound like a scam talking about cryptocurrencies. I know it's a sensitive topic. A lot of people think it's a scam. So imagine myself with this accent talking about the crypto debacle, the bear market, how it's a good opportunity to buy right now. Like, who will believe this? Okay, I need to add a few more contests. People might get confused. First, Victoria, also comedy. You have a quite a successful daytime career in the tech industry. Yeah. You're like a consultant and you advise on SEO, which is the term I hear all the time, which I always assume to be a variation a of a CEO. But no, the term is called a search engine optimization. Yeah. Basically, how to scan more people to your website. Now, search engine and optimization specialists put websites first on Google. There are more legitimate ways to do that. Yeah, uh, let's yeah. come to this later because I just want to add the contact. So you're talking about when you misheard or you send a message from your colleague and you heard yours yeah. instead. And your colleague was British? No, she's American. She's American, but she doesn't have like a strong regional accent. No, she no, like no. Standard American accent. Yeah. And compared to hers, it don't on you. Jesus! <laughs> Holy Jesus, I don't know. Holy Marie, I don't know how you say in Spanish. That contrast, that really dawned on you. You do have an accent. Yeah, and also talking about kind of a controversial industry. It's like... I agree, like, people will be on alert when they yeah. hear a scammer yeah. with a bit of foreign accent. But to your advantage, I think financial fraud and scams in the UK... The accent typically is not a Spanish accent. I think typically... Southeast Asian, would you say? No, Eastern I think Asian? a lot of time more African or Middle Eastern. Like the Nigerian and, prince that sends you... Yeah, email. yeah, yeah. And also the non-Forster, they try to pretend they live in the country. They yeah. typically come from a West African territory. I'm not trying to be racist here. I think there's a statistic. But even though you had a tangible Spanish accent... I don't think the accent is very closely associated with financial scams. So. Maybe in the, more in the U.S. Because there is more, well, there's a lot of Latinos in, in the U.S. They are generally associated to uh, lower paid jobs many times to crime, depending who is the president in charge. So, yeah, they are the dodgy immigrants. Yeah, that the dodgy immigrant, the Latinos plays yeah. in the U.S., in social stereotypes exactly. here would be East Europeans. Yes, exactly. So it would be more like a Romanian or the Polish. Yeah, I'm, uh, I am the Romanian of... No, you're not the... You're the if you had decided to go to oh, the so US, I have to say, one of the videos I found, I could not believe you had a fringe and a long hair when you were working at Barclays. I don't know if I should cut it out. Can I just say that when you were talking in that video, somehow your accent was more muted but you look soulless. You look like a miserable corporate robot. I was a miserable corporate <laughs> robot. But that day, that's the first conference I spoke at. 
Okay. And that day, I realized I wanted to be a comedian. That oh. day, in that conference, I hadn't started comedy You know yet. that your hairstyle back then, it looks almost like a wig. But that hairstyle is so not the Victoria I know. Even though I don't know you very well, I was just like, who is this person? The Victoria I know is so fun in a deadpan way, so full of life in a deadpan way. But this soulless robot is like a really cheaply made Chinese version. <laughs> I hadn't found myself. That was that was my first year in London. When was it? Is that video 2017? You chose to come after the Brexit vote. Yeah, yeah, because I said, okay, they are going to kick Europeans out. I'm here with an Italian passport. I'm going to get in before. Oh, 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 oh! So you didn't come here legally as Argentinian? No, I have a European passport. Because you should have been queuing outside the street trying to get a piece of paper. Yeah. But you came here rather, rather cunningly as an Italiana. Yes. Okay. Because my great grandfather is Italian. So in 2017, you came to the UK. No, 16. Initially worked in a big corporate environment. Yeah, I started at Barclays, I think it was March 2017. What kind of visa are you on? Are you in a settlement scheme? Yeah, I'm settled and I'm applying for my passport. I can apply by the end of the year. Okay. That would be the biggest joke that I'm British. <laughs> <laughs> the joke's on you, Britain. Okay. I was working for a company that evidently is not aligned with. I with can't everything. say morally bankrupt. Well, cryptocurrencies are also morally <laughs> bankrupt, but it's more fun. Anyway, it's fine. It was my first job in the UK. It was very important for my career. I met some people that were not robots, but I wasn't a good cultural fit. And it's fine, but it paid the bills. And I got my first speaking opportunity. I have spoken at, at webinars and conferences in Argentina, but never in the UK. And they needed a woman. That's, that was, they called oh me. Oh my God, they needed they said, a woman. We need a woman. <laughs> and it's like, it didn't matter. Nobody knew if I could speak or not. And it's like, I speak like this. It was like early Me Too movement that people were starting talking about equal lineup. Half women, half men, or some women. And it's not very common in tech conferences, this was an SEO conference, to have so many women. So they needed women. That was the only requirement. This is so funny, but we need to dial back a little bit. So when you got the call, was it was an email or a call? It was a call from an SEO software that we were using at Barclays. This gets more and more bizarre, every, more obscure every sentence that I said. So it's an enterprise SEO software. We were a good client and they called me because they needed a woman to speak at this conference. Right. Were you offended when they got, okay. So your inner thoughts were, are you serious? I sound like this. My English is quite accented. Are you sure you want to get me to do a public speaking thingy? No, I didn't say that. I just thought this person has read my name, Victoria Cena. Like Victoria, I sound like maybe I speak English. <laughs> and probably is surprised to hear me right now, the way I'm speaking, and I said, yes, I would love to. <laughs> now you will have to. No, but in 2017, you didn't sound quite as confident with your accent. Whatever happened when you first arrived, maybe it's a cultural shock, maybe it's a big corporate environment, because I used to work in big corporates. And in big corporates, there are a lot of people who just somehow happened to end up there, didn't have much substance. And they were so insecure, they need to 
put a lot of things up to feel good about themselves. And one of the things they do is to step up other people or make other people feel little. So I'm sure yeah. there would have been some sort of passive-aggressive comments Seemingly as joke, but aimed at you is that, but you're foreign, but you have that accent. Wow, you get yeah, working. I know, I know. So that. I wonder whether those kind of experience and they build out the microaggression made you doubt your eligibility for a public speaking role. No, it didn't make me doubt. It made me feel that because of the way I spoke, people thought that either was not smart or not educated or that I was poor, something like that. <laughs> you know, underprivileged. I had some level of underprivilege. Yeah, yeah the, the poor immigrants, yeah. you know, the, which they, I think that... You are, you're are probably in, the, the highest... poor immigrant you, you are, you are, are not a problem in those in corporate environments. The problem is the immigrant that is their boss. That's when they resent you. That's when they, because it's a mirror. The immigrant who is your boss is like, why this person that arrived here with no contacts, or no money, end up being your boss. What you did? There were things that you didn't do. Evidently, there were things that that were under your control, and the locals resent you That's when that happens. That's why you should never judge people by their accents. I'm sure they all misplace the income tax bracket Victoria is in, yeah. unless she's using very smart tax avoidance schemes. <laughs> I have I have a limited company, so I'm only joking because I'm a certified tax advisor. I know. Well, I, I have a limited and a holding company, so I'm good. We're talking about IR35 here, anyway. Cool. Um... I have. I don't worry about that. <laughs> no, I don't tell me things I shouldn't know because I'm aware of something. But I'm I have an agency. A pro- yeah, I can see. Okay, so you accepted public speaking role, but you were looking miserable. But however, your English sounded very refined like even though you probably had a stronger accent at that time it felt like you rehearsed every yeah. single syllable in every single sentence you were so careful you were treading on thin ice every inch you're moving forward you were constantly making sure you're pronouncing english as neutral as possible and that's one of the reasons i describe you were a soulless corporate robot in that film but your English did sound as neutral as it could be at that time, given like your accent at that time. So you watched that video. I watched that. That's the video I enjoy the most out of all the videos. Well, you seem the evolution of my character from not doing comedy to doing comedy. <laughs> and you say that's the reason why you say I should do comedy. No, because that was the first time somebody told me I left the stage and somebody told me, asked me if I did stand up comedy. So that video in that conference was hilarious. You see it and it's like this soulless person, what is she doing? Why does she speak like this? But that for SEO standards was hilarious. Like never done before. Oh my uh, God. Somebody asked me, one of the organizers, when I came downstage said, have you ever done a stand-up comedy? And I said, no, I said, you should do it. And it was the first time somebody told me, somebody, a total stranger. Now you see that video is pathetic. Like you would say, well, probably she shouldn't do a stand-up. But no, no, that's, that's not pathetic. The way I would describe it is, People do you know, do you know Catherine Tate? She's a renowned a British comedian and she does a lot of sketches. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> that video of you 
trying to speak or talk about something serious. Look at a comedian that assumes a caricature character of a soulless corporate John. That's the truth. I didn't with know. A wig. I didn't know I wanted to be a comedian. I knew I didn't want to work there. But now I, whenever I meet people and whenever I I pitch things to clients, I'm more myself. And that's if they want to work with me, that's what they get. And my clients appreciate that. Can I say that I really want to be your friend right now after this podcast? And before, I was just happy being a friendly colleague to you. You're fascinating. This is so funny. <laughs> what I'm saying is, from my perspective, Argentina is so far away from my home country. The only time I ever thought of Argentina, uh, one was a famous film from Wong Got Wai. I don't know if you know him. I don't know. He made a movie with Tony Leung, who was in Shang-Chi, the new Asian Marvel movie, and he was the villain. He's one of the Hong Kong's finest actors. And okay. in the 90s, he made the film called Happy Together. Okay. Somehow the director decided to have the film entirely directed in Buenos Aires. I don't know how to pronounce it. Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires and the Argentinian capital yeah. city. It was such an exotic cinematography for Asian film goers at that time. That's my first impression of Argentina. Second is that a friend of mine was having a bit of a third like quarter light crisis. So she abandoned what she was doing in Taiwan, and she just moved to Argentina to learn tango. This is like a less privileged version of white European going on a backpack trip to find himself. And yeah. she actually found her husband later in Argentina. It was a German guy who went to Argentina Learned to learn tango. tango. So initially I was like, oh, she's quite, I don't, I don't know, naive. But then she's like, oh, the plan actually worked. But that's all I know about Argentina. And the reason I brought this up, I might have to cut them all out, is for British people, their view of Argentina is so two-dimensional. I think it can be summed up in three to four things. For the football fan, it's Maradona. And godforsaken illegal hand. That's hand illegal. Of the God. That's but the Falkland Islands are British. <laughs> okay, okay. Number <laughs> two gotta be Falkland Islands. Like we won the war actually for a declining ex empire. Yeah, like Britain. Yeah, like Britain. If there's any difficulty for Britons to accept that they are declining, it's because Argentina decided yeah. to start the war and gave them their boost. <laughs> Number three, there's the most popular nighttime television on Saturday is Strictly Come Dancing, which is known as dancing with the stars around the globe. So you know it's getting serious when I get into the, not just tango, but the Argentine tango week. I think that's all people know about Argentina, probably an Argentinian steak, and that's it. It's like zero, nothing else. Would you agree with that as an Argentinian yeah. living in the UK? I would agree with that. You agree with that. How do you fit into those very specific... <laughs> Buckets of Dancing with Stars, uh, Maradona, and uh, Falkland Wars. Oh, no, I forgot. Um, Madonna pillaged it. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Evita, Eva Perón. I remember I was in the UK when I was... In 1998, during World Cup, England was facing Argentina yet again. And the cover page of The Sun, the newspaper... They had Madonna version of Don't Cry For Me, Argentina on the balcony. And then they just changed her face to Davy Beckham. Yes, Davy Beckham, Brooklyn Beckham's dad, Davy Beckham's face. But I don't remember whether they won or lose, lost that specific game. Can you include uh, on the video, like the, <laughs> please, the page? 
I will. I will do a lot of editing. I will do when I was talking and you know, all the thing I've been raised, I'll be adding like Argentinian state pop and then the Argentinian tango, Argentine tango. It was Vincent Simone and Flavia Cacacci on Strictly for a very long time. But both of them are Italians. And I think both of them have retired from Strictly Contest. Most tango dancers are not Argentinian. <laughs> exactly. Do you feel like you should claim intellectual property on this? I don't know. I mean, first of all, tango is a dance and a rhythm of Buenos Aires on its own. It's not popular from the whole of Argentina. It is not? No. Oh, did you find it insulting to just tango is an Argentinian thing rather than no, just a Buenos Aires thing? I think it's a common misperception that everyone in Argentina dances tango. No, it's something... First of all, it was born in Buenos Aires in the early 20th century. We should let the podcast audience know, because I think they do know Argentina. They probably have been assuming you're from the capital city, but you're <laughs> actually not. We need to give them that okay, context. Okay, yeah. I'm from Córdoba, second biggest city of Argentina, the Birmingham of Argentina. Is it a scary place? Because I remember looking on the map, it's like landlocked in the middle, yeah, right? in the middle. There's nothing in Cordoba. It's sure. like the Midlands, you know, something like that. If South America is a person you want to kill it, Cordoba is like the heart, something like in the middle or like a belly button. It, they call it the heart of the country. Yeah. The heart it's of the, the country. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're from the provinces, basically. Yeah. You are not from the capital city. You were explaining that tango derive or develop in the capital city. It's actually not a national thing to start with, initially at least. Yeah, initially. Okay. Obviously, you will find tango schools in many places, but the epicenter, the epicenter of everything is in Buenos Aires. Obviously, it's a very big city. Probably most pro-tango dancers live there. There is a lot of arrabales. Arrabales is a place where people hang out and dance tango. In my city in particular, in Córdoba, I think there's one or two places That's where it. you can hang out and dance tango. Buenos Aires is full of places where you can do this. Also, because there's a lot of tourists that come to Buenos Aires to learn how to dance tango. A side question. Sorry yeah. if I'm distracting you. Buenos Aires means good air in Spanish, right? Yeah. It would be really funny if there's a strong air pollution problem. There is. <laughs> I love it. I love there it. There is. So a city called Good Air has air pollution. Yeah. Oh, I love it. This is marvelous. This is like Joe being written by God itself, if you yeah. believe in God. All right. Sorry. So you were saying about tango. Um, <laughs> how did I got this far? I agree. Argentine tango specifically, because it's all the flicking, you know, like the women yeah. have to do their legs. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I thought it's pretty, but if you think about how clumsy ordinary people are, it's a massive health and yeah. safety hazard. And it looks more like when you go to a seafood restaurant, when you can pick your own... Where's that coming? Where's this okay, going? Bear with me okay. on this one. Okay. okay. When you try to pick the creature you're about to eat, yeah. I think an Argentine tango feels like your finger just accidentally get nicked and grabbed by a langoustine. And the langoustine is not letting go. And it's just flipping the claws around you. Much as it's pretty, maybe because I'm a gay man, I probably am not sexually attracted to females. <laughs> I look at the yeah, whole... Yeah, but there is gay tango as well, queer tango. Actually, for Pride, last Thursday, the Argentine embassy organized an event with a queer tango performer. Oh my God, how do they keep it from descending that into a full-on orgy? I mean, like with Argentine it's tango... It's an embassy! <laughs> I mean, you could have an orgy in an embassy, I think. Yeah, everywhere you could have a... Oh, I don't know if but I have there to. Were, 
I don't know. I have to mark this episode explicit. Yeah, but why could then gay people, whether they are women or men or trans or whatever they consider themselves to be, dance? No, no, no. You can. You're absolutely right. And last year, the UK strictly had their second ever same-sex couple. Yeah. And uh, was that- it an orgy? It wasn't an orgy, but I think one of them might have been wishing it to happen. No, I'm just joking. And we had this discussion last Friday when we were all performing. Famous, when yeah. we were famous last last, <laughs> last Friday, we performed at Soho Theatre. We did a show at Soho Theatre, but I think we just never mind, never mind. I don't know if people think I'm just name dropping, but at, before I that am. show. You're, you are name dropping. Okay, I won't edit this out because Victoria instructed me to keep the name dropping bit. Okay, before the show, we had a short discussion. And I say that you had a very deadpan... How do I say it? Okay, so you're very different from me when we perform. We go for a different yeah. approach to make people laugh. A good deal of your jokes are really strong one-liners. And I always admire people that can do that because that means that they have to have the belief every single line is strong enough or they are deliberately bad to cleanse the palate. They have to hold their nerve and not just jump onto the next joke. I do all those jumping onto the next joke a lot. I do my joke more like a throwaway comment. And I typically do it in a way that I'm telling a story. Oh, by the way, did you notice this? And I move on to the next thing. I am not naturally inclined to do the way you do comedy, which I admire a lot, but I think it doesn't suit me and it's too late for me to change style. The one line a bit you do takes a lot of craft and confidence. You really amped it up with a deadpan energy. And this is what I want to come to from your earlier discussion of your daytime job and your accent. Naturally, when you have a foreign accent, people will form an opinion of you. They might think you more as a joker act. But your stage presence is so powerful, you make people either forget or overlook you have a Spanish accent. Do you see what I'm getting at? Compliments. Compliment. Okay, I thought she was going to say no. I <laughs> no, I understand it. what you say. But also this is like the perception. Your perception is the first time that I hear somebody that says this. Yeah, because it would seem really cunning if I just come to you and say, Victoria, oh my God, the way you just do this, outside this podcast environment, it sounds like I'm networking, licking your ass to the bits. And also, people sometimes don't like the comedy to be analyzed. And I think when they agree to do a podcast comedy interview, they probably accept to a certain degree they can be analyzed. And that's why I feel more comfortable because I think about this a lot. Whenever I see another comics perform, I would think this is what he or she or they do best. Can I replicate that? Sometimes my conclusion is I can't because it's either not compatible with what I do right now or I just don't have the ability to do certain things. So in your case, the reason people will disregard or overlook your accent is because when you do those one-liners, you're really down to the nitty-gritty, every single word, every single syllable, even the intonation in a sentence counts. It's all measured and trial and tested. As a result, you had such a powerful build-up and the reveal of the punchline. The audience are with you. You have that entirely in your control. So they didn't have the time or the spare mental space to remind themselves, actually, this comic has an accent. Or they remember you have an accent, but they just don't mind at all. Because in some of your one-liner jokes, you joke about you being Argentinian, right? Mm -hmm. And you play on those stereotypes. 
but you always kept them in your grip entirely throughout. I think you have seen me in good shows. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the good thing about comedy is that you can one day performing at the Club and Grand in front of 400 people and the next day in front of five. I want to come back to the accent bit. And I probably should have asked this question a while ago. Do you think like now your accent is strong or is yeah. it mine? I told you about this, listening to my own <laughs> voice note. When I wrote that joke, I said, what? Why do you speak like this? You sound stupid. When I heard that talking about the bear crypto market and how it was a good opportunity to buy <laughs> Ethereum right now, it's like, who will believe me? Now, if you listen to me in Spanish, the opposite thing will happen in Spanish. The persona is different because I don't have an accent. You can pick some some traits like, okay, she has a regional accent, but I don't have a, an accent that would make you think I wouldn't think you're thick, basically. No. No. From my perspective, I don't know whether it's strong or not, but I can sense your... It's actually not your accent. Your accent is an evidence of that. I think the English language plays a few more restrictions on your ability to express yourself. Yeah, Compared it does. to Spanish. When I watch the Spanish video... Oh, my God! How many, you watch all of the SEO videos? Well, if I'm going to interview you for an hour and a half, shouldn't I do some homework? That's the decency, okay. right? So you watch these videos in Spanish of me talking in, uh, about SEO. I was so bored. I mean, I used to work for like an internet company. And when I hear about all those like young dudes in shores and skateboard and talking about SEO, whatever those BS, I just want to fall asleep. I'm only watching those videos again because I want to interview you today. Okay, in Spanish. You are quite lively when you speak Spanish. We had this discussion before we did the show on Friday. And I say that, but you sounded like you were just a bit more two-dimensional. And you crack a joke. You say that, well, it's not that Argentina is regarded as two-dimensional. It's that, in fact, Argentina is two-dimensional. You either love it or hate it. You then mentioned, probably also because I couldn't express myself quite as well when I speak English. When I speak Spanish, I'm quite different. You mentioned that to me on Friday, and that's yeah. why I want to get to this point. Yeah. I just wondered, because you started doing comedy in English. You didn't try to do it in Spanish yeah. before. When you chose the comedy archetype or style or the approach it was influenced by your self-assessed fluency english so i wonder if you had tried to start doing center comedy in spanish first whether you would have decided not to do a more deadpan delivery do you, uh, do you know what not. i mean yeah. yeah probably not i think as you said i'm more of a lively character in, in spanish um I find it easier to make sad comments. I'm not concerned about being precise. In English, I'm concerned about being precise, about saying the right word, the right verb tense, and, and say it accordingly. So it's you're funny. saying that by going deadpan and doing a lot of one-liners, it's for you to have a better chance to measure or to neutralize your accent? I don't know if I decided, if I made a conscious decision of being deadpan. I yeah. think that your character persona develops in a way. beginning I didn't want to talk about being foreigner. I wanted to talk about whatever the thing without addressing that but I think it's important to address it like hi I'm Victoria I'm from Argentina. That's the explanation of this accent. I like to give some background 
of where I come from. It's not like, oh, I'm Irish and oh, and people know what Irishness is about. Yeah, so you were building up so that the jokes that comes later makes more sense, right? Yeah. And one side of that is you're from Argentina, but the other side is you're a lesbian. Yeah. And you have to mention that at the start of your set so that some jokes will make more sense or have a bigger payoff towards the end of your set. Yeah. Was that your own discovery or was that after a discussion with the comedy course tutor? About the mentioning I'm a lesbian? About introducing who you are first, to like really get those done early um, on. No, I didn't do it. And nobody told me. I realized later on that's how you do it. Yeah, I wasn't told this in the course. And probably I, sh- I wish I had been told. The first thing a non-white comedian would say is something about their physical appearance. Also, when people are... I mean, if I had a patch in my eye, probably I would say, hi, and I have a patch in my eye because blah, 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 blah. So whatever doesn't... I don't even want to call it fit in the norm. Well, the logic of comedy or the norm in comedy is white, straight men and whatever doesn't fit into able-bodied, let's call it. I don't know if we can say able-bodied anymore. The default people expect is white, straight men with a certain body shape, a certain sort of visual look. Anything that deviates from that. You have to explain it. You have to explain it. I feel you have to explain it. I wholly and fully agree with that, yes. And I think we both are in the category of having quite a lot to explain before we can Yeah, well, but also Taiwan people, is, it's not that people know a lot of things about Taiwan. I have so many things to explain. You know, sometimes people ask me after they meet me, are Taiwanese people also camp? Some of them even say, I thought Asian people are slim. You have no idea how yeah. offensive. One of your jokes, you mentioned that beauty tip is not being 100% white. Which is the non-white bit you're talking about? Because you definitely come across to me as the Caucasian woman. But I would not hold it against you because Mariah Carey, for example, is a quarter black. But you won't be able to see that. So before living in the UK, I lived in New Zealand for three years. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I lived abroad. I was flatting. You're flatting. You're renting. Yeah, sharing a flat with other people. Um, Is flatting a word in English? No, okay, right, okay. But I got you. See, this is the magic of two non-native English guys. Living with... People probably think you're flatlined, you're plateaued, but I instantly get you're trying to say I this is the beauty of a non-native English speaker interviewer. Anyway, sorry. I, I, I was living in New Zealand and once my flatmate, her mom was from New Zealand and her dad was from Fiji, so mixed race, she said, well, you know, white people don't like to discuss money. And I said, well... What's wrong with that? I'm white and I like to discuss money. And she started laughing. <laughs> like she couldn't stop laughing. And she was like, Victoria, but you're not white. <laughs> and that was the first time in my life at the age of 26 yeah. that I heard somebody saying that I wasn't white. Why and it was like, and it was like, what is she saying? And she said, no, white people are blonde, blue-eyed, Caucasian, like our other flatmate, Monica. Monica walks in and Roshni says, Monica, did you know that Victoria believes she's white? And Monica, again, couldn't stop laughing. And I was shocked. I was like... So they believe Southern Europeans are not white. Yeah. And then, and then I, I, I got... I dread to think what kind of YouTube channel this girl watches. Yeah. So then I got a lot of bizarre explanations. So it's like, what... It was the first time I heard this. She told me, well, no, your skin is not white, it's olive. And then I called my, I don't know if it was my mom or what friend, I said, do you know we are not white? (laughs) 
And did she spill out some beans that actually Victoria no. grandma has been naughty when she was a young girl? Well, all Argentinians believe they're white. And then I went online and I found a lot of memes about other people mocking Argentinians for that believing is true. that, that they're I know. white. That I know. It's like, because the majority of Latin Americans are what you call in Spanish mestizos, right? Mixed race, yeah. Yeah, mixed race. And there's a lot of either black or Native Americans. Yeah. But due to the high percentage of Italian immigration in Argentina, Argentinians tend to have a lighter skin tone compared to Peruvians or people mm -hmm. from Ecuador. So Argentinians like to think they are the Europeans of Latin yeah. America. Yeah. That's why when you have a financial crisis, I'm pretty sure people try to pretend they sympathize for you, but there's a lot of schadenfreude that people... <laughs> serve them right across the whole entire Latin American continent. Yeah, so Argentinians are convinced they're white and there are memes. If okay. you search for Argentina is white memes, you will find I'm not white, Argentinians are not white, people mock us because we think we are white. Is this weird? Someone's joke. Okay, okay so I think that girl you met equate the term white to Aryan, which is a debate I don't want to get into, especially given the state of the world. But when you say you're not 100% white, what you meant is you are Southern European heritage. Or is there some traditionally considered non-white race in your family tree? Yeah, my great-grandmother was native. Native Americans. Native from Cordoba. The native people from Cordoba are called Comechingones. It's ah, a native okay. tribe from Cordoba. So when you do math, that makes you 12 and 5 point percent? I don't, I don't know. What's your accent in Argentina like? What's the perception of people from Cordoba in the eyes of people from the capital well, city? People from Cordoba have a very funny accent because we speak like singing. So, for example, Cordoba capital, Cordobese people say Cordoba capital. So it's like a... Is it like the Latin American version of yodeling? Okay, the question is, we're almost running out of time. You know, in Toy Story 3, Buzz Lightyear was accidentally turned into... I think I just made the technician laugh again today. I'm rocking killing that. Toy Story 3, Buzz Lightyear was accidentally switched into a Spanish-speaking mode, right? And his entire character changed. He started to try to dance flamingo with Jesse, like the yeah. cowgirl. And I asked a Spanish friend once, like, how do you deal with this? Because you already speak Spanish. And they told me in the Spanish version, the default position was changed into an accent for Andalusia in okay. the Spanish version. So Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story 3 went from the national standard Spanish accent to a more laid-back Southern Andalusian accent. Do you know how they deal with this in Argentina? I haven't seen the last. I just explained, I spent two minutes explaining this and you have no answer. But what you are saying is the opposite that happens to me. Oh. I'm a lively character that when you switch the English <laughs> off, it's the opposite. I'm fascinated by it, but I think if it only was accidental as in yeah. when you decided to do the more sort of deadpan and measured and one-liner delivery, then I think it's a beautiful mistake. Not mistake, if it was only because you took the circumstances at that time into account, I think it's a brilliant decision. It works out really well for you so far. And I think you're still evolving. Yeah, I mean, this is not the final. I mean, 
the, <laughs> the final You won version. the final, but the final was just a yeah. start. You know, like I remember once I said, you remind me a bit of Tick Notaro. Some people really don't like really to be like- compared to famous uh, already established comedian. But if anyone that does to me, you know, on YouTube, someone called me like, oh, he's basically a Chinese Alan Carr. But I love it. If I am remotely to the level of Alan Carr, I'll be grateful. But I watch more Tick Notaro today. I don't think you're fully that. You, you are just you. Like you quote on your website, you know, one of the uh, finals judges, Stephen Bailey, said you are a Argentinian Catherine Ryan, which I don't fully agree. I think you have the sassiness, but you're different. You're in your own right. And I think if I see you in a month or two, you'll be even more different again. Actually, I wanted to say at the start of this recording, I think Victoria normally give a bit of dominatrix energy. She always wears black. Like she's a young lady, but she always wear demure. But you decided to come up with a beautiful light color summer, which I went for this what I call the Kill Bill Mafia Boss Mistress T-shirt. I just like what I was meant to go. Anyway, to your comment on Catherine Ryan and Tignotaro, maybe I am between Catherine Ryan and Tignotaro. I was surprised about that Catherine Ryan comment. It's coming from the place. I'm guessing. I don't know what his actual thoughts were. You don't give a shit about the people you're making fun of. Uh, your on stage persona, and that just couldn't care less. That sort of attitude, that confidence. I think he was on about confidence. I was reading about Catherine Ryan's sort of interview. I can't remember where, and she said that she get a lot of people who enjoy dominatrix services and asking her whether she could be. The dominatrix, and she didn't say it's a confident thing because they don't expect women to have confidence in stand-up comedy. It's a very macho world. So when a woman shows confidence on stage, they would worship her as dominatrix. I think that most women in comedy are quite loud. You have a point to make to prove. I don't. I'm really careful around this point. I think that a lot of like most female acts, I see that they are like, or I feel yeah, they are very loud or very shouty or very. It's like if you are a woman on stage, you have to ha- to be high energy. I don't know why. You just I- prove that it's not necessarily the case. That's why I'm the winner. You know? <laughs> okay. Um, we'll end on that bitchy note, so you have no way to come back from that. So where can people find? It's way too short. Maybe, but in a few years' time, we'll definitely I have you back for media. episode two. Yeah, your social media, please. So I'm. Um, do you want my LinkedIn or my? <laughs> If you want to hire me for your SEO services, no, don't. Crypto crypto advice as well. On Instagram, Victoria underscore comedy. And yeah, I have many shows coming soon. I have a queer women comedy night in London. You have your uh, comedy with an accent also in London. And possibly these nights will continue to exist. Yes, when these... I only don't do it because July is too hot to yeah. do indoor shows. Your comedy night's name is great. It's called Clandestina. Clandestina. Okay, we'll end on that. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. That is Victoria Osina. We're going to go for dinner now. Bye. Thank you.